In this episode of the Explore Information Security Podcast, How to Achieve Security Awareness Through Social Engineering, Part 2. Welcome to the Explore Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be continuing our exploration of how to achieve security awareness through social engineering attacks. So this is Part 2. Uh, of a pretty long discussion on, on how to achieve security awareness for social engineering, which is some training that Jason E. Street and April Wright are putting on uh, at Black Hat and DerbyCon. If you can get tickets for DerbyCon, good luck. Uh, but I, I, it sounds like a really great course. Wish I was taking it. And then Black Hat, Monday and Tuesdays are filling up fast, but there's still some opening Saturday, Sunday. So be sure to go check that out. Feedback, of course, is always welcome at timothy.dblock at gmail.com or at timothydblock on Twitter, or you can leave a comment in the show notes, timothydblock.com forward slash EIS. And, and we'll just uh, pretty much get right into it and finish up, uh, finish up the discussion with Jason E. Street. So a lot, a lot of the focus seems to be on executives. So is this like, is this training for pretty much like CISOs or can like, no, 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 the, the, the awareness, uh, actually, no, this is just me rambling on, on, on those things. <laughs> uh, the security training is, uh, squarely focused on, um, IT auditors, uh, IT admins, uh, information security professionals. It's based on people who want to start implementing information security. I mean, like this is like getting into the nuts and bolts of it. People actually need to start building it from ground up. Uh, we help build that foundation. It's like, we can't, you know, furnish the house. It's like, we can't get all, uh, add all the rooms to it, but we can give you a pretty solid uh, foundation and a blueprint to build off on. Okay. So this is kind of just, is it, I mean, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's hard for someone like a security analyst or just an information security professional to say, I want to set up this program. And then also like get exec buy-in or even just get well, exactly. It. And that's why we cover that in the second, uh, the second day. It's oh, like okay, we, cool. We actually, we actually cover how to get up from management buy into the process. We actually cover, uh, how to start a security awareness program internally. It's like how to, uh, approach it and, and talk to your, your, uh, CIO and CEOs. We talk about how to actually do a demo and create a demo for your, your company and show them these things to give them an awareness right off the bat that, that will put more weight to your words. It's like the whole process, the whole training class, the whole end goal, the end game for this class is when you're done with it. When, when a person has finished taking this class, they are confident and they have the ability and the skill set to go back to their company and say, we need a security awareness program. We need to take the human factor more seriously. And by the way, I have these steps to implement and this policy and procedures that we can put into place and things that we need to get done. And I need a meeting with the executives so I can uh, pass this by them and show them why this is important. Is, is, can you give me like a main focus on that? I mean, I don't want you to like give up your training or anything, but. Well, no, the, the well, the main focus is, is just um, talking about, uh, Go, we look over things that an executive cares about. It's like we look over uh, profitability. It's like what makes your company money? Gotcha. How is that secured? Yeah. Uh, we talk about how to talk in the form of metrics and pie charts, how to talk in, in a way that, to, that you can bring evidence, what evidence you can bring to the table. It's like what things you can actually bring in, uh, to uh, show 
uh, in a tangible way to your executives why this is important. Right. Uh, we talk about how to create a procedure and a policy for these things. Uh, we're talking about actually su- supplying uh, templates as well. We're trying to work on those. Uh, I'm coming up. Uh, I'm coming out with uh, security awareness posters uh, that I'm giving out for free. Sphere and Y is going to. Uh, uh, make these posters for free for people to, to have to put in your lunchroom and your break rooms uh, to, to show people um, to give them just a little bit more security awareness. It's like, and so we're giving all this material, uh, not just to the people in the class, but we're going to give it out to free and open source it uh, to help better protect people uh, and, and to make uh, this stuff more uh, conscious in the, in the end user's uh, mindset. Uh, so uh, that's what the whole class is about. It's, it's uh, not just, it's building out, how you create the message, how you develop and how you uh, craft uh, all the tools using like an attacker, thinking like an attacker, seeing how your defenses stack up to someone trying to do a malicious attack, attacking your humans, attacking your users. Then we show you how to package all that in a way that you can easily show in a um, presentation to your executive management, to your users, to further educate them and let them understand why this policy needs to be in place. And then we show them how to actually implement policy and procedures uh, for a security awareness program in their internal company. Right. And you said, what's Sphere and why? Yeah, yeah it's, the name of the company is S-P-H-E-R-E-N-Y. N-Y, okay, Sphere and Y, okay. Like New York City. <laughs> I gotcha. It's based in New York, so Sphere, New York. Yeah. And how's, how's, so how's that going? How how long have you been there? Uh, I've been there since August. It's like, uh, I literally, uh, I transferred over, um, from one company to the next, um, there, uh, and, uh, it went pretty good. I, uh, and the reason why is because they offered me my dream. It's like, I mean, I stopped working, uh, you know, five years ago. Uh, and I just started just doing what I love to do, which is talk and give trainings and to teach. And Sphere and Y is just channeling that and making that the end goal. So it's like uh, my job now is literally to help teach people to be more secure. And I couldn't ask for anything more. It's like, and they're really supportive. Uh, there's a, a, my manager, my supervising adult right now at the moment, uh, Jason Burns, is, uh, uh, he's actually doing a really good job of uh, trying to, you know, rein me in, but also uh, develop the business and, and get this stuff. Cause I'm terrible with management. I'm terrible with any kind of adulting or, or business sense. And so, uh, he takes care of that. He actually builds that out and, uh, and is making it a, a really good, uh, force for good in the, in the world. It's like, I mean, we're not, I mean, like I said, I don't want to get too grandiose. It's like, but I mean, it's so important that we start getting humans involved in this and start letting understand that the users have skin in the game. And, and training them to be uh, part of this policy and, and, and part of the, uh, the, the security team. Um, because, I mean, I've said so many times, it's like humans, uh, your employees are your biggest and best and most sophisticated intrusion detection system uh, that you'll ever, ever have. You can't buy one better. It's like, but if you're not training it, that's just like running snort with default rules and expecting to get results from an attack, <laughs> right. you know, because just like yeah. any intrusion detection system, you have to fine tune it. You have to make sure that the rules are in place. You have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, put it in scope. And, and that's what we have to do with our users because they see, they do their business day in and day out. They know when there's an anomaly, they know when there's something suspicious, but if we're not empowering them to, to, to report that, 
to, to feel, making them feel comfortable that they can report that without getting lambasted, without getting penalized. It's like, even if they accidentally click something, you know, the first one's like a no harm, no foul situation. If we're not giving them that kind of information, then we're running blind. It's like, we're still not seeing what's going out there. We're not seeing all the threats. It's like, but they are, they're seeing a lot of the stuff on the front line. They're seeing these suspicious emails. I mean, it, it takes something as simple as, having your uh, email headers, it's like on your exchange server, that whenever an external email comes in, it has a, a header in the subject line or in the body of the message that says external email. It's like, so mm -hmm. it lets people know right off the bat, oh, this is not from my CEO because it's showing that it's an external email. It's like doing things like that, um, it blends the technology and the human, uh, human nature together. And, and we have to do that. It's like, it's, it, technology is not going to save us. It's like technology is going to help us. Technology is going to uh, augment uh, our, our defenses. Uh, they are not going to save our defense, our, our company. They're not going to save uh, every situation or scenario. It's like we need humans to help fill in that gaps. We need humans to help uh, augment the technology. No, I absolutely agree. And let's, let's get grandiose, man. Um, yeah. I have, you know, so, so I, I said that I've done some training myself and that's what I've noticed too is one, I'm like humanizing myself because I'm standing up in front of them, uh, presenting on this topic. Uh, people, a lot of people seem to be interested in it. And like you said, where if they see something, they're the one that, that will detect anomalies. So I, I sit right. with a, I sit with a development team, right? This is 40 to 50 people. I cannot have my eyes everywhere. I cannot be absolutely in everything they do. I try my best, but it's just not possible. Oftentimes, they are the ones bringing me the pretty much my work, like the security issues. Either either I'm answering questions for them, or they're like, uh, "This doesn't look right or feel right. Should I be doing this?" And so, like, right. I, I've I've seen a lot of benefit from it, and I am a big believer in in taking the time to you know put a presentation together and you know show people security and it, it's amazing like even something as simple as this isn't necessarily presenting but we've you know working with developers we do threat modeling and like the minute you open their eyes to like a simple thing as well what if you bribe this person and they give you, you give them a hundred bucks well that you know will you give me access they kind of get that look of that shouldn't be possible but it is absolutely possible <laughs> exactly and and it kind of just it gets their their mind going and they start thinking about some of this other stuff. And what's, what is also great about that working with developers is that they then, they come up with some of the most creative solutions that I hadn't even thought of. And I, and I just absolutely oh, yeah. love that. Uh, we've got on uh, our website, uh, on my old company's website, it's like, if you try to do a SQL injection, it, uh, it immediately takes you back to the home screen. And then it immediately emails every uh, user in the security team and the developers team that uh, not just the code error code, but a portion of the, the, the SQL injection that was used, the page that it was done on, their IP address, their user agent string, and the operating system we're using. It's like, I mean, we get that in the email right then and there. And that's something every developer of every website can make happen. It's like, uh, it's, it's not that, that hard to code. Uh, so, I mean, yep. it's like, and, they, and they've got other tricks. They, they do other things. It's like um, uh, with their code, it's, it's really amazing. It's like, cause that helps mitigate a lot of the attacks. It's, I tell people SQL injection is not a security uh, uh, issue. SQL injection is just poor coding. 
it leads to security issues. It leads to security issues uh, if it's in place, but it's not a security issue. It's just bad coding. Someone didn't develop the website properly. That's the only reason why SQL injection still exists today. Mm-hmm. It's like, so we need to put that back on the developers. It's like, if there's a SQL injection found on the website, you don't go and say, well, we found a security vulnerability on our website. You go to that developer and say, why did you write this code so poorly? It's like, why did you develop this in a way that you left this open? It's like, that's what needs to happen. And once again, it's just, it's an uncomfortable subject. It's an uncomfortable uh, topic, and, and, but it's, it's something that needs to be discussed. We need to start discussing that humans don't want to do anything that's not going to negatively impact them on their job. It's like, you know, no one goes above and beyond to be the number one uh, janitor and stuff at McDonald's. So though I was the number one janitor for two years in a row. It's like, I was, really good. <laughs> I'm proud of, it. I was, a, I, I, whatever you do, you do really good at it. It's like, I was like right. the most effing janitor. It's like, but not everybody has to do that. It's like, nobody get, has that work ethic, but they do have the work ethic to know that if they don't do something and they will be adversely affected by not doing it, then they will tend to actually do that service. So, it's, we have to stop just saying, if you click on a link and you wipe your system or you infect your system, we're just going to clean it up after you. Then we become janitors. It's like information security is no longer seen as an enforcement part or a protective branch of uh, IT or the company. They're seen as the janitorial staff that just cleans up the mess after you clicked on the links. It's like we need to understand, people need to understand, the users need to understand that we're an enforcement branch of um, the, uh, the company is like, not like enforcement as in we uh, enforce the policies. It's like we report and we actually, but we actually have those policies in place. We help develop those policies. It's like, uh, I'm not trying to get HR people mad at me saying, you can't do that. That's against HR. It's like, no, I'm not trying to take that, but we help develop those policies and procedures that HR uses uh, to, to actually, you know, discipline uh, people who cause those infractions because they are putting the company at risk, period. It's like Target was not breached uh, by one of their employees. It's like we have to remember that one of the biggest breaches in retail history was not because of a Target employee uh, that uh, user. It was because of an HVAC system company that had a trust relationship with Target that they were able to get in because that HVAC user clicked on a link. It's right. like they can call it APT all they want, but this FBI guy <laughs> at this conference I saw said one of the funniest things, and I loved the fact that I steal it from him. And I'm not giving him credit because he's FBI, so he doesn't care. Uh, it's like APT stands for Adequate Fishing Technique. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what APT stands for. Yeah. It's yep. like um, so that HVAC attack, that that thing that led to Target was not an APT attack. It was an adequate fishing technique that got the job done. It's like, and so um, is that uh, employee still um, working at the HVAC company? Probably. It's like, but how many millions and millions of dollars, over $300 million lost by Target? It's like, because there are no consequences, usually when someone messes up and someone does something that compromises the company. Well, so is it consequences or I feel like it's accountability? It's a little bit of both. It's like um, I did a talk uh, a year or two ago uh, where I talked about how um, we don't uh, make cons- we don't understand 
that the things that we do online actually affect the real world sometimes. It's like it's disjointed and disconnected, especially in a corporate environment. It's like I, I equate it to when I play video games. Uh, I play Call of Duty or uh, even playing PUBG. You know, it's like uh, I'll go out and I'm like pew, 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 you know, just shooting around America, pew, 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 and just shooting everything up, right? <laughs> Right. And when I'm especially playing Call of Duty, they hate me because I'm like, I, I get a kill and it's like, and then I respawn and it's back to pew, pew, pew. But if you put electric uh, 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 electrodes on me that shock me every time I get a hit, and depending on what, what area or, what, uh, or how bad I was a kill shot, it's like the severity of the shock increases, guess what's going to happen? I'm not going to be going pew, 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 pew anymore. I'm going to eventually spawn. I'm going to duck. I'm going to like be stealthy. I'm like, I'm going to go pew, 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 America, pew, you know, <laughs> hide behind the boulder. Right, right. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm not going to be just uh, Leroy Jenkins all over the place. It's like, I'm literally going to take time and I'm going to take strategy and I'm going to like be there because I now realize there's a real world repercussions on what happens. One of the key exercises that a, a security company can do to help teach their users that there is a uh, responsibility, that there are a security team, that there are real world consequences and accountability is just once a month, choose an office or a floor in your building uh, and have your security team sweep it. Go to every cubicle, do this during the afternoon while people are working. Go to every cubicle in that building or that office and you lift up the keyboard. You tell the user, excuse me, we're doing a password inspection, making sure there's no passwords underneath the keyboard or the mouse pads because that's where most users use it. We're also looking at the monitor to make sure there's post-it notes because attackers usually will look there for a password. And unfortunately, I promise you, uh, you're going to find some, especially in the first couple of sweeps. You're going to find passwords underneath the mouse and uh, under the, uh, underneath the keyboard or on the monitor because for some reason people think that's a magical hiding place. I got this password that lets me into the keys of the kingdom under the keyboard. That's the place. No one's going to look there. Um, so you, sh you do this sweep and not only does it get those passwords out of, out of circulation, it gets those things protected, but it does most something way more important. It shows the users that there is a security team that is actively looking for security infractions and that they have, they have to be responsible for the security of their area and for their computer. And they will start taking it more seriously because now they have a real world repercussion. They see a real world tangible event occurring that uh, is directly tied to what goes on on their computer. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of similar to something we do <laughs> when we did. I, I just recently training, we do uh, password audits pretty regularly, and I didn't associate it with usernames, but I did show the people in the room like whose passwords were cracked, and we just threw them up on. Oh, there you go. Yeah, up on the screen to show them. Hey, these are these are not good passwords because we cracked them. <laughs> oh yeah, see that's and that that helps. That's right. that's a good yeah. thing to use. Well, yeah, 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 absolutely. And 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 so I, we're we're like a big. That's a big like shock shock value. And it's like I'm not going to call anybody out, but if you need help, you know. And and actually, like right after, it was like, here's how we can create better passwords with stuff. Right. right so. And, and you need that shock thing. That's the other thing. You need that shock thing because let's face it. It's like, and, and this is one of the key things. It's like, um, it's never going to happen to me. That's our whole mentality. Mm -hmm. Humans right. are, uh, 
we're tragedy uh, avoidance systems. You know, it's like we try to deflect and do everything because we don't want to assume that a tragedy is going to occur to us because it's negative thinking. It's something that's unpleasant to think about. Uh, that's why everybody, hardly anybody ever has wheels. Why there's all, all these other problems. It's like people never think it's going to happen to them. It's like you, every time you see someone uh, uh, in the neighbor of a serial killer, it's always, oh, he was a quiet guy, kept mostly to himself. It's like uh, we never knew about the hidden basement. It's like it would never happen in this neighborhood. You know, it, it never happens there. Uh, 1941, December 7th, uh, in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, uh, a private was manning the radar station. He saw a group of planes coming in from a different vector uh, than he was expecting. He talks to his supervisor, shows them that the planes are coming in. They're coming in from this unusual vector, this place that they're not expecting. Uh, the supervisor looks at them and says, well, uh, I guess those are the training planes. It's like, I, I, I just, they, they got to be the training planes coming in. No problem. It was not the training planes. But even people there, they're in a world time, uh, wartime footing and stuff, you know, defaulted to the lesser of two evils because they didn't want to assume the worst. Mm, right. It's like, and so we have to, uh, so doing these things like that password audit, doing the thing with the keyboard inspection, doing the thing with the pineapple nano. So the main thing that is there to do is to shock and to show them it can happen to you. It just happened to you. When I, mostly all my uh, talks now, it's like uh, when uh, I do a, uh, a security awareness talk, I built it off of my, uh, one of my talks that I did last year. Um, securing your banks and enterprises from some, someone who robs banks and enterprises for a living. What I've done is I've taken that talk, put more helpful tips to users and executives at the end of it. But at the very beginning, I randomly will choose a bank or a financial place or some uh, place of importance in whatever city that I'm in. Uh, and then I show them and I walk them through how I attack that bank randomly. And usually there's actually a bank in the, uh, in the audience when I'm doing it. So that part's awkward, but it shows them a real world example of like, Oh crap, right. that could have been of us. It's like, I go over their social media profiles. I show their users. I show them, I go on their Facebook pages. It's like, I show the pictures of their, uh, the, their children and the stuff that they use as their public profile pictures. It's like, I show this information is out there. This is, and you can't say that you're never going to be attacked. I just attacked you. It's like random and arbitrary. All I do is Google biggest bank in whatever uh, local area I'm in at the time. It's like, and so that shows them right there viscerally that, oh crap, this can happen. This is something that we have to take serious. You know, absolutely. Is there, is there, do you also show maybe like the other side of it? So an example of that is that we had like a lot of phishing emails come in. And so one of the things that we did was, um, pull up some numbers, like how many hours does the security team spend uh, responding to it? We also added some other fun stuff, like how many, I live in Nashville, so how many Predator games were missed? There was a couple Predator games missed. Oh, there you go. Like dinners missed, uh, you know, reports run from an airplane. Like we, we, we showed all that. Um, and I actually, uh, myself and, and one of the lunch and learns because we had so many phishing emails going on, kind of deviated to talking about like, here's the type of attacks you know, and one of the things I said was this first attack uh, or this first phishing incident, I had to stay at the office till 1130 responding to it. Right. And so like right. and a couple that seemed to impact people a lot more because people were like, wow, I didn't realize like if I click on a link and put in my creds, this impacts you. And that seemed to like resonate with people a little bit more. Are you, are you doing 
good idea that I'm going to steal again. <laughs> <laughs> again, if we get it out there to the masses. Um, well, see, that's a metric. That's an important metric that you can right. show to executives once again. That's something that shows like, this is how many man hours it's like that we lost. This is how much money mm-hmm. we lost in man hours just responding to this one event. Right. Yep. And that, yeah, yeah that's kind of the idea. Yeah. So I, okay. So I guess, I guess you are now since you're stealing the idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we talked. I, I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation and it was really funny. It's like, I, I didn't realize halfway through that we were actually recording yet. So it's like, no, and that, well, that, so this is my new format with the podcast. Well, we were waiting for April too, Yeah. Uh, but we just started getting into it and I was like, okay, recording. Um, yeah. <laughs> just uh, cause it's more of a natural flow. Then we're getting into right. stories. So, um, yeah, I might edit it a little bit, but um, yeah, this is kind of just kind of how I'm playing. Usually, I'm a little bit more formal. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm playing with the format a little bit, and and people I uh, have had some good feedback from people saying that they awesome. like the new format. So, um, you yeah, know, it's good I, to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it looks like April, unfortunately, is not joining us. Yeah. I I haven't gotten a response from her. I don't know if you got a response from her. I, I did not. It's like, uh, well, now that she's since she's not online. Uh, I can talk about her behind her back. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's not, she's did an amazing job on, uh, the content that, uh, we're doing for our training class. It's like, uh, I, I'm doing, I'm, I'm the, uh, for some reason I'm, I'm the pretty face, which is totally untrue. <laughs> it's like doing the instruction and then actually going out because I've got a lot of real world, uh, experience with some of the attack vectors and doing that. But when it comes to actually just doing an amazing job on uh, the content and mm-hmm. and screenshotting the tools and showing what tools we're using and showing how to, and, and walking through all that and working with uh, Darren Hack Five Darren uh, Darren Kitchen from Hack Five has been instrumental in helping make sure that we've got the great uh, great payloads, the great easy guides. It's like uh, helps us with it. Uh, I mean, he he's done a perfect thing. It's like he he created a custom. Uh, hack five uh, tactical kit for us to give out to the students. Um, so, um, and she's helped and uh, she's worked with him on, on getting the instructions out there, making sure they can get in and, and build it out and get it done as easily as possible. So, yeah, I mean, I'm literally just showing up and talking. It's like, uh, but I would have absolutely nothing to talk about if it wasn't for her doing a lot of the work and, and getting and building out the material for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, April's great. Where are you guys, uh, where are you guys speaking at? Uh, we're going to be at IT Web uh, in Johannesburg and IT Web in uh, Cape Town. Uh, we're doing a four-hour workshop. Uh, that's it's not like the Black Hat training. It's just a four-hour workshop. It's just uh, centers more on like OSINT and maybe a little bit about security awareness planning. Uh, and then I'm trying to think what else we got next. It's like uh, my schedule is my schedule is insane to be honest with you. Oh yeah, it's I like, know. We see, I see yeah. you on Twitter all the time. Yeah. I, I'm literally, I'm, I'm getting home on the 30th. Uh, I'm in Houston for some stuff uh, till June 4th. I fly to uh, Cluj, Napoca, Romania uh, for the 5th to the 10th. And then it just recently just happened. I'm doing a security awareness training class in New York. So I'm abandoning my last leg of my trip from Romania in Washington, D.C. and flying straight to New York from there. And then I get back on the 14th. I have one day home. And then on the 16th, I fly to Israel for uh, Cyber Week there in Israel, uh, Tel Aviv. I'm gonna, I've already got two days in Jerusalem. So my vacation, that's my tourist part, which is going to be a little bit more uh, uh, hacker adventurous, I guess, than usual uh, uh, lately. And then I'm going to go uh, uh, see some stuff there and then I'm going to speak there. And then I get home for two days. 
uh, on the 23rd till I get to uh, Paris uh, on the 26th uh, for Hack in Paris, where we're do- I'm doing a social uh, engineering uh, game thing. And, uh, and April's actually speaking at Hack in Paris and then uh, get home for at least two weeks on July 5th, which will be nice. Cool. And then, yeah, you have the black hat training. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. No, before that, I got to go to Prague, Poland, and Moscow. Wow. Uh, it's a, I'm, I'm actually – the cool one is like I'm doing a financial place in Prague, uh, breaking in, and then I'm, I'm breaking into a cryptocurrency company in Warsaw, uh, which should be interesting. And, <laughs> Wait, do, uh, I, do I need to edit that out? No. No, it's like, <laughs> it's, like uh, it's like they're paying me to break into them. So it's all, <laughs> okay. It's yeah, like, you're not naming them specifically, but – yeah, uh, I guess if if I actually have a listener there, be on yeah. the lookout. <laughs> no, yeah, be on the lookout. Yeah. Like, well, see, the key thing is like, it's the I do security awareness engagements. I don't do red teams. I don't do pen testing. It's like, so uh, quite honestly, getting caught is just as successful as not getting caught. That's what I tell people about piggybacking. I'm like, yeah. like, like if they're if there's someone like a red teamer, they want to be caught. They will like, yeah. They have I, some dirty tricks, so you really have to kind of pin them down because they'll be like, good job. Now go tell this person and drop yeah. me off in this room with all the ports. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, no, I I will do – and I and I actually talked to the, to, to the client. It's like I was discussing it with them in Beijing, and I was like, look, two days of, of the engagement, I will be your worst nightmare. I will do the worst possible stuff in the worst possible way at the worst possible time. On the third day, if you had not caught me, if none of your users had caught me, if I'd been 100% successful on those two days, well, then guess what? The third day, I spend the whole third day getting caught. I will deliberately go out of my way to be obvious and more obtuse uh, or less obtuse and like make it where the users will catch me because it is vital that when you're trying to teach humans that you cannot just do it on all the things they did wrong. You have to give them things to look up to. You have to give them the things that were done right so they can mimic that. If you're just telling them all the things they've done wrong, how do they know what to do right? They just know the things that they did wrong. So every engagement I'm on, it's like for the last two to three years, I have gotten caught, sometimes deliberately so, uh, so I can make sure that they get that lesson and they have something positive to look up to. Yeah, that's actually my, so my security training, I always start with security wins. So these are, and these are things that people either report to me or, you know, even, even sometimes I just watch people and they do something from a security standpoint that they don't know that I'm watching. Right. And like, I try to highlight that as, you know, if you just, you know, you do this, like I want to give them with a good feeling before we start diving into maybe some of the, uh, the stuff that's not happening. That, that yeah, it's vital. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, Jason, um, I guess thank you for for joining me, man, to discuss uh, achieving security awareness through social engineering attacks. Well, thank you very much. It was great uh, great to be on. Mm -hmm.